Welcome to the Open Door Policy. Each week on this podcast, we sit down with a different guest and talk about a letter. Archbishop Vigneron's Unleash the Gospel Pastoral Letter. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. All right. Be about it. Each guest we have on this show we think is living it out in a new and exciting way. Before we get started, if you like what you hear and you want to help us be part of this movement to unleash the gospel, be sure to subscribe and share our podcast with your family and friends. And while you're at it, leave us a review on iTunes. This time on Open Door Policy, we sit down with Susie Fazzini from St. Joseph Parish in Lake Orion to talk about the role of the laity in unleashing the gospel. All right. Welcome, Danielle. How are you? Hello. Doing well. Danielle, any special grace you want to share with us? Dude, I do. So as you know, work at a church, sometimes give tours. This is this is heavy tour season. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually had a public school a few days ago it come through and um, really cute. I kind of let the it was fifth grade. They're always really curious. Kids are walking around and this kid says, and I'm like, does anyone have any questions? And this kid who I think might be Muslim says to me, I have a question for you. Why is that lady standing on a snake? <laughs> and I thought it was a really cool question. I didn't really get to answer it in depth, but um, it made me reflect a little bit deeper. Like, why is this woman standing on a snake? What does that mean to me? And it was a really cool um, experience of someone who actually isn't even catechized. Help me deep. Um, dive a little bit deeper into my faith as well. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. Thanks be to God. And we are so happy to have Susie with us, Susie Fazzini. And uh, Susie, we are going to jump into rapid fire questions. Are, are you ready? Yes. Okay. Question number one. What is your most used emoji? Party eyes, probably. Nice. <laughs> what would be your walk up music? My nickname is Catholic Girl, so it'd be some hymn. Nice. Marion hymn. A Marion hymn. <laughs> What is your favorite piece of religious art? Probably the Vilnius Divine Mercy. What literary character would you want to be your friend? Scout. Scout Finch, the narrator and protagonist of the novel To Kill a Mockingbird, she is intelligent and by the standards of her time and place, a tomboy. What do you think is overrated? Worldliness. (laughs) All right. All right. Susie, what is your favorite hymn? Let us break bread together. I can't believe I have to ask this question, but what season would you be? (laughs) This was Danielle's (laughs) choice. So go ahead. What season would you be? Uh, Fall. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? I think it was after my uh, big adult confession, and it was, you know, let God's graces work on you. Hmm. What is your favorite Bible story? Probably the visitation, the scripture about the visitation. Great. And last question, what non-traditional pet would you want to have? My whole family had to, like, wrench my arm to get a dog. So, <laughs> so non-traditional pet? A chinchilla. A oh, chinchilla. So fuzzy. Yeah. Great. Dude, let's go over some of these. I love chinchillas. Have you ever seen one, Father Steve? A chinchilla? Yeah. Do you know what they are? I have an idea. They're like a small gerbil, right? No. <laughs> They're like a large gerbil. They're like oh. uh, like the size of a rabbit, kind of. Yeah. Chinchillas are two species of crepuscular rodents. They are slightly larger and more robust than ground squirrels. And they take dust baths. Do you yeah. know what the name means? Um, no. It means two chins. Um. <laughs> That's probably inaccurate. Anyway. <laughs> So uh, the double chin, <laughs> Susie. Susie, what do you love about the visitation story? 
Um, just the joy. Uh, it, you know, it's all joy. Uh, I also think that, you know, a lot of people think that when, um, you know, Mary goes, she gets this amazing news, yeah. you know, you're pregnant with the son of God. Right. And then she, okay, so she sheds all her worry about herself and goes to serve her cousin. Um, and she goes in haste. In haste. Gospel of Luke says, right? It took her a long time haste. to get there too. Yeah, right? But I think, you know, that was God's amazing gift to her because as a woman, being in a situation like that where there's just all this unknown and a lot of fear, yeah. it's so comforting to have someone who's in the same boat. And she was totally in the boat with her, like yeah, pregnant, you know, inexplicably kind of because she was older and yeah. but just this the comfort of having these two women who both love God so deeply both give their full yes um, and then they just get to share that is just like this amazing beauty I think it's an awesome story of Mary like always looking to do the will of God right yeah. like okay now my job is to go help uh, right. Elizabeth <laughs> and yeah. like like just always ready to to go and serve to help those yeah. that God is calling her to serve. Yeah, yeah, I have thoughts on it too, but it's okay. I'll come back to them because I'd love to hear your thoughts on Scout. I assume this is from To Kill a Mockingbird. It sure is my favorite movie. In oh, the book. but if I keep going to school, we can't ever read anymore. You know what a compromise is? Depending the law? Uh, no, it's an agreement reached by mutual consent. Um. Yeah, I just think that um, she was just so um, honest and fearless and yeah. trusting and mm. like everything I kind of want to be. Um, have you read uh, To Kill a Mockingbird? Of course. I, I read it in read high it. school. When was the first time you read it? Um, I think it was middle school. It's just a great, a wholesome American story. And, you know, Atticus yeah. is like my hero, yeah. but, but I want to be Scout. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. It was lovely to get to know you through these questions. Sure. Susie, would you be so kind as to speak a little bit into your experience with God? What's God been doing in the past few years? How has he been calling you closer to himself? How have you learned more about yourself and him? So I think, you know, I actually have had a very difficult uh, few years over like maybe the past three years. Uh, But, you know, in God's wondrous ways, it's just all been for the good. Wow. uh, you know, my father passed away almost three years ago, and I think that was probably the beginning of of the darkness that came. And I mean, not that I didn't, you know, I totally have faith that he is in a great place. Um, right. We're on his way to the great place. But, um, you know, he was such a source of like love and support for me that it was just hard to be without that. You know, then just just things that sort of like snowballed from there, different things in my life um, like all over my life. And I just, I had no idea what was happening to me, but I felt like totally alone, totally in the dark, no consolation. (laughs) And I didn't even know, I didn't even know about consolations at the time. Like that, you know, that that was a thing. I just, I didn't even, I was so, you know, I'm only really six, seven years as a like on fire Catholic. And, uh, so I just, I had so much to learn, I think, and that's why maybe I got plunged into the darkness. But anyway, I ended up, um, I'm a avid reader. And so I just, um, by the grace of God, really kind of clung to the saints. Like he put some really killer saints in my path. And um, Who did he put yeah. in your path? 
Um, well, first and foremost, Mary, um, I think I, you know, I had been consecrated to her already. Um, I've renewed that several times, but um, I really grew to rely on her through that time. Yeah. Uh, rosary every day, uh, you know, got me to say the rosary every day. Yeah. Um, also, I found um, St. John of the Cross. Hmm. So I read Dark Night of the Soul. Wow. <laughs> a little light reading. <laughs> but I mean, when you're going through right. that it kind is, of experience. Like I found consolation. His yeah. stuff is like being kicked in the face, but it, it's like so powerful. I yeah. mean, it's, uh, I was just like, oh my God. Oh, well, that's what I'm going through. Yeah. Right. You know, like, I mean, I don't, I don't know that it was a dark night of the soul, but his words just like washed over me. And I was so grateful to have found them. Also uh, St. Therese. So I read Story of a Soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was another uh, very beautiful, like I'm weeping when I'm reading these words. I just, I weep a lot, I guess, but but it was so profound and I just, like was so grateful that they had walked that road already and had these words to share with me. I read Imitation of Christ because St. Therese had like memorized the book and I was like, oh, well, I need to, I'm not going to memorize it, but I should read that. You well, know? you know, for a while that was the most popular book in all of Christendom, really? like in the late Middle Ages, like that's what people knew the Bible a little bit, but they knew the imitation of Christ. That's so, fascinating. I didn't yeah. know that. And I I heard that too. So yeah. and it wasn't an easy read, you know, but no, it's intense. It is. Um, but it was good. I I mean, I, I, I dug it. And, uh, and so that helped me figure out, you know, that God works really powerfully in that darkness. You know, when there's no consolation, when there's mm-hmm. dryness, when you feel alone, uh, when everything in your life seems to be totally falling apart, he can do his best work. Father Steve, could you maybe just like review what is like definition of consolation and desolation? Yeah. So uh, desolation is when we're attracted to things that don't lead us to God and we're kind of repelled by the things that do lead us to God. So uh, desolation is when I don't want to go pray or when I'm especially tempted to sin or when I'm turned away from the things I know will lead me closer to God. I don't feel anything in prayer. I don't feel like God's hearing me. It can be dryness, but it can also be like an active, like, I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. And consolation is the opposite. It is feeling consoled feeling attracted to what we know, what is revealed to us as true, uh, will lead us closer to God. So I'm attracted to prayer. I'm attracted to uh, wanting to do works of, of mercy. I'm attracted to growing in my faith. And God gives us times of consolation, uh, but he also allows us mm-hmm. to have times of desolation so that we can choose him in the darkness, so that we don't choose him for the gifts he gives us, but so that we choose him for just being him. That's what happened. I mean, I, I thankfully, um, I look back at it and I think, wow, I really could have gone off the deep end or, you know, just not chosen God. But I, but I did. And that's totally a grace. Um, Susie, what attracted you to like growing deeper in your faith? Uh, you talked about kind of having this experience. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I kind of had an adult conversion. Uh, I started working at St. Joe's Church. Shout out to the... St. Joseph the Worker, Lake Orion. Yeah, we don't use the worker at all. <laughs> Some people use the term the worker. Only you, Father Steve. <laughs> um, but uh, I started working there, like kind of came in off the street and said, hey, it looks like you need a website. <laughs> wow. Can I make you a website? Wow. That is what I call apostolicalness. Look at that. And little That's did something. I know... Yeah. Little did I know that they had just 
redone their website. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, if you don't want to hire me, that's fine. But um, thankfully they did. And uh, it was the beginning of a, uh, just a wonderful journey. So just, you know, it was very slow. I'm not one of those uh, lightning bolt conversions. I had an absolute slow burn. Um, And, you know, maybe, I don't know, three or four years into working there, I just continually felt like, uh, or, or started to feel like, yeah, I, I need confession <laughs> because I wasn't going. I mean, I wasn't. I was going to mass and, you know, I was a faithful mass goer my whole life, but, but not, not understanding it, nor like not knowing what the heck was going on. Yeah. There. Mm-hmm. It was obligatory mass. So um, anyway, I just kept feeling this call. Of course, it took a couple of years for me to like, you know, man up and do it. You know, like I couldn't, couldn't quite. I didn't quite understand. Oh yeah, he's really, really calling me to right. do that, and and it's a, it's a necessity. And it's scary if you haven't been in a while, oh. you don't know what to expect. And I mean, like I had it's never different been. when you're like seven and saying I hit my sister, and when you're an adult and you're like, right. hey, yeah. and let's I was, get real. I was like forty, right. forty-one. So you know, I had a lot of ground to cover. Right. So I made an appointment and um, I called a priest that I knew. For me, I had to like. I know some people are like, man, I want that screen. Like I, mm. yeah. I just like, cause I don't want to think about anything about Jesus, but like, I just need a friendly face in front of me. Someone that knows I'm me. I'm with you. I, I always do face And to loves face. me and like, will just be mm-hmm. compassionate and really the face of Christ to me. So right. um, I called Father Anthony Camilleri. Yeah. I'm just going to say really Father incredible. AC. Yeah. AC. He, and he told, he, the, he his advice the advice that I said earlier, oh. it's his advice. So Full I made, circle. I made the call. I said, yeah, I, I got a lot. I mean, this is a big uh, confession. And he said, okay, I want to tell you now that you've called and made the commitment to come, the devil's going to try to put all these obstacles in the way. Wow. Don't let him. Yeah. He said, you make this appointment, you be here. And so, uh, I did, I made the appointment. I had like a seven-page examination of conscience wow. with notes and highlights and you, just you like are, my Unleash the Gospel. You are very thorough, very I am detailed. super thorough. <laughs> Knowledge gift. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, but I wanted to lay it all out. I was yeah. like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know, go big or go home. So I, um, I did. It was like an hour and a half mm-hmm. of crying, I'm sure, like. Poor priests. Like, you get sick of women crying in your confessional. But he was so kind and gentle and just like, um, just like Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. he was wonderful. And then when I was leaving, you know, you're, you confess all these things and some of the things you're sort of, he's like, well, some of the stuff you're going to be in transition on. And right. so you got to be patient with yourself and let yeah. God's grace work. Just don't beat yourself up over the next two months. Just let him heal you, you know? Yeah. So it was great. That's really great advice. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Thanks so, be to God. I know. Thanks, Father Anthony. Yeah. So um, anyway, that was sort of me being washed clean. And then it was amazing because... How did you feel afterwards? Some people have like this ecstatic right. moment. Some people are exhausted. Others are like, oh, I was okay. Com- <laughs> I was coming out of the ring. I felt totally beat up because wow. I had I had held that stuff back for so long. Yeah. And, uh, and it was... It did take a couple months for me to sort of like, oh, you know, forgive myself, believe that God's forgiving me, yeah. all these things. And so I actually can't remember if it was like several months later. I think it was, uh, you know, I, so I work at St. Joe's. I work at a parish. We were bringing uh, Matthew Kelly in. So he's, he's a, a Catholic speaker and an author. Yes. Mm-hmm. Knowing about somebody is not the same as 
knowing somebody. Knowing about Jesus is not the same as knowing Jesus. He knocked my socks off. Like, I... (laughs) I just, I am a Matthew Kelly convert, like a revert or whatever you want. He was the beginning of the fire, lighting the fire for me. I mean, from that point on, I have been running like crazy. Do you remember anything that he said that really hit you? Uh, you know, he has these, like, before you're and, leaving. And can you do it in an Australian Please. accent? Like That's also has. what I was asking. <laughs> I would mortify my daughter if I did that. So I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, y'all need a game changer, right? Mm. Like, he's like, so don't leave here without committing to something that's going to change you, you know? And so, um, he gave us like four things. I hope I remember them right. The first one was, uh, read the gospels every day for a year over and over and over again, get to know Jesus this way. Like read the gospels, Mm -hmm. just the gospels. Everybody wants to start reading the Bible at Genesis. Just read the gospels. Mm -hmm. The second one was, um, go to confession once a month. The third one, or the second one was go to daily mass. And the third one was go to confession once a month. And the fourth one was, uh, add, uh, spiritual direction to that. So me being a good parish being a go worker, bigger, go home person. That's right. But, but said, also yeah. being like this good parish, you know, employee, I went to my priest and asked, well, which one should I do? I have no idea. Uh-huh. And my priest was Father Steve at the time. <laughs> really? Yeah. What did you say? Do you remember this? There. What did you say? I want to let Susie tell oh, the okay. story. <laughs> because you remember. <laughs> Man, there is no hiding here. Nope. <laughs> um, well, you know, I'm sure he could tell that I didn't, re- maybe, that I didn't really know Jesus. So he's like, oh, read the Gospels mm-hmm. for sure. Read the Gospels. I was like, okay, great. So I did. And I I have this thing, you know, when there, when someone I really trust and love tells me to do something, yeah. I do it. Yeah. I was a pretty obedient kid too. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, so when I got into college, <laughs> I wasn't obedient, but so I did, I went home like that, you know, the next morning, got up early. I mean, I got up and I'm not a morning person, but mm-hmm. I got up early, cracked open. Actually, I was, I didn't even own a Bible at the time. So I was looking up USCCB wow. on my phone or something or laptop yeah. or whatever, reading them that way. But it was Kind of an okay to read it because they got all those footnotes. So yeah. I was like digging in a little bit and reading the footnotes. So I did that for a year and it was uh, transformative. I mean, I... A, a, a game changer? Yeah, a game I changer. Say, I was going to say that too. It yeah. was the perfect, <laughs> perfect one. <laughs> so um, after that year, I was like, well, what do I do now? You know? Right. Um, so I thought, well, I'll go to Daily Mass. Yeah, that was the second one on the list. Yeah. I might as well do that. Oh, totally fell in love with the Mass. I mean, mm-hmm. I am... In love, head over heels with the mass. And then, um, you know, confession, regular confession Mm -hmm. after that first one wasn't so hard for me. I have, as we say at work, I have very low hedges. In fact, I have pretty much no hedges. Mm -hmm. I'll share anything. (laughs) But I, uh, but then, you know, entered into spiritual direction too. Um, Although I haven't been in a while. So I'm, I'm, the saints have been my like SDs for a while. That is an awesome story. Thank you for sharing it with us, Susie. You're welcome. So let's open the letter and talk a little bit more about Unleash the Gospel. Um, in particular, Marker 5.1. We're lay people. Well, I'm a lay person. I'm a lay person. Uh, Steve? <laughs> wow. Get out. Feeling a little left get out. Get out. <laughs> Here, just what, kidding. What we'll is the opposite of clericalism? Not here. sure. <laughs> Laicism. Laicism. Yeah. Laicism. Rolls off the tongue. I, I, mm, sounds like a great mistake to make. Anyway, so... Let's, that's how desolation works. <laughs> I think it's a good idea. Yes. Not. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, 
Um, thanks be to God, Jesus. The laity. The laity. Five point one. Um, talking about a couple things, including these unique tasks which cannot be done by another and which are to be fulfilled for the good of all. In your perspective as a lay woman, what what is your unique task? What is what is your perspective on um, lay people and their call and their mission for this church? Well, I mean, I guess uh, God has given me sort of a call to help people come to him through beauty. Yeah. And so I'm a, a graphic designer. And um, what's your role? What's your title at uh, St. Joseph the communications. Worker? Communications. <laughs> St. Joseph Parish. Okay. Thank you. Uh, communications coordinator. Okay. Beautiful. So, I mean, I do like the website, the bulletin. Nice. Yeah. yeah. But but your your heart is in beauty, making it things is. beautiful. Uh, um, whether it's um, clearly written word. Yeah. You know, uh, a great article, like just ugh, yeah. kills me. Uh, but beautiful artwork, um, beautiful, you know, cl- clear layout, um, all of that. That really speaks to me as well. I, I also do a lot of like graphics and stuff. And I feel like everything tells our story, yeah. right? What do we think? What do we value? Where do we want to be going? Yeah. And people, people get drawn in and they don't even know it. They don't know they're being drawn in by beauty. Yeah. They're just drawn in. By good design. <laughs> yeah. Well, because there's a balance and there's something like, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know if you use this term in the design world, but a buddy of mine and I say, yeah, that, that one was about 60%. Like, you know, <laughs> they're not all 100% effort. Like when you're on a timeline. Right. Sometimes you've got 60%. We have all yeah. been there. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I'm able to like give myself over to that and really spend some time on it, you know, I'm just like, Yeah. Good. You know, that, that, that works, you know, there's something there and it, and it really, uh, I know the Holy Spirit's there when I'm like, oh, yeah, I have n-, like, it took, or it like takes me 15 minutes and it's like awesome. And I'm like, yeah, that wasn't me at all. <laughs> it's yeah. just God. But, um, but I'm very attuned to that. I, I, I want to draw people in through that beauty, wh- whether it's, um, you know, anything, nature, anything, but but portrayed through the job I have. You yeah, know what's so. really cool too is that that church, St. Joseph, in parentheses, the worker, <laughs> um, is a really beautiful church. Oh, and St. Anne, where I work, is a really beautiful church. And I'm really, really impressed by how much these buildings evangelize. Oh, for real. Um, and, and I just think about, I'm sure you guys have a lot of weddings. Oh, but we get calls all the time. People drive by and get yeah. you know, smitten yeah. by the church yeah, and well, want to. <laughs> Colleen, who works there, always calls it the Little Stone Church on the yes. Hill, right? Yes, Cause that's it, right. Because it's up on this hill yeah. in North Oakland County, and you mm-hmm. drive by mm-hmm. this like major right road. Like right a highway. Yeah, mm-hmm. Lapeer Road. You drive by this major road, and you just see it there, and yeah. it's kind of like, I don't, don't want to say calling you. I mean, it might be a little too strong, but. It, it's attractive it's and it beautiful. stands out. And it's yeah. nestled in some trees and, you know, but I'll tell you, the more beautiful part is inside. That place is just, the Holy Spirit is so alive there and Jesus is there. I mean, you, people walk in there and they just experience holiness. I mean, it's empty, whatever, full of people. It's, it's just a really special place and the people in it are special too. So is there, and, a, oh, sorry, friend. I was just going to say, and. Most, almost all of the people in it are lay people, right? <laughs> oh, who, yes. <laughs> who are seeking to That's live right. out their faith day by day in families or in single life and retired life. Um, you know, one of the things we were kind of talking about was how lay people can help each other grow in their calling 
to bring Christ to others. Uh, do you have any thoughts about what lay people can do to help bring Christ to others? The very first and foremost, I think, um, because we're, you know, we are this community in our own little corner of the world, we are a body of Christ, right? Uh, we come together and worship. And I think like, you know, number one, show up, like come to mass, mm. you know, and be with us. It's a witness to come and be there. I see you every week. We worship together. Um, and then, you know, witnessing in our lives to each other. Um, you know, I, I'm one of the things I strive to do is have that sort of consistent um, thread through my life. Like Jesus is in every part of it. I'm not one person here and another person here. Mm -hmm. Hard to do, very hard to do, especially with like bad habits I've had to get rid of or whatever. You know, the more I can do that and the more I can sort of, you know, show that face of Jesus to everyone in every moment, if possible, (laughs) like not every moment, but you know, like strive for it. That helps draw people to think, um, I think God can uh, sort of create small groups. Like we have groups of friends we can get right. together with, and uh, all it takes is one person asking, "Hey, let's you know, let's do this. Let's let's uh, watch a you know Catholic video or <laughs> and, Bible study or whatever." And you know? Danielle, I think you're really good at this too, of just bringing people together and like sharing your life together, right? Sharing the joys and sharing I mean, sharing it helps the hard that parts. I'm super extroverted and I'm like, you know what I need? More parties. But it is something that um, <laughs> yes. my whole family is kind of like that. We're like, is it anyone's yeah. birthday? Oh, is it a season oh. change? What saints are around <laughs> oh, here? Yeah. yeah. Can yeah. we just throw a bonfire? Yeah. But which is awesome. And this is something so like kind of on two planes, right? Sarah Kazmarek, who was one of the guests on our podcast, she once gave a really great talk that I attended and she was like, and it was like for a women's conference. And she was like, look at, look for the woman ahead of you, right? The one that is your mentor for you to follow. Look for the woman behind you who, who needs guidance and look for the woman right next to you who's going to be walking with you. And I think that's really important yeah, that's as lay great. people. And um, I guess another thing that I was thinking of, and like, this is, this is, this is on the table for us to discuss. Um, Cause it, it's saying here, the special calling and privilege of the lay faithful is to bring Christ into the secular world, right? So right now I'm working at a church. You working at a church. Do you do church stuff? Uh, <laughs> once in a while, yeah. <laughs> when necessary. Um, but I think that this is, I, like, I have this memory. When I was in college back in the day, I was working at Costco, <laughs> passing out samples. <laughs> and awesome. um, there, but like, I'm really friendly and a lot of people are really lonely. Right. Yeah. And so I ended up with like these customers, no, wait, what were we supposed to call them? Guests? Members. Yeah. That was the name. Members were supposed to come in and just chat with us. And um, they would, they were supposed to buy our stuff, but sometimes they'd just be lonely. <laughs> and I remember like at the time I was uh, at Shrine and Father Joe Horn was the associate pastor there and he was like really vibrant. And sometimes people start talking to you and you're like, oh, you just need Jesus. Like, you know, you can just <laughs> oh, tell. Yeah. And so I'd be like, hey, why don't you go to mass? Like, why don't you come to church? And like no one bit, right? <laughs> <laughs> and like, that's when I realized I was like, these people might never go to mass all they have is me passing out samples in a teal apron and and loving them though. right and where and they're so, at and right? so I think that's like that was like a kind of like a game changer as as Matthew Kelly might say <laughs> oh, need a game changer. to me as a layperson as like you know as great as a preacher might be and and I think that preaching is a great you know gift and I'm so thankful for it but like Father Joe Horn's not going to come to my Costco and give a homily. 
Right? Yeah. There, that old adage that the only gospel most people will read is you, is right. your life, right? The witness of your life and that you, Susie, or you, Danielle, are going to go uh, into people's lives or into situations where I, I as a priest, will never right. be able to go. And so you you are not just um, kind of like able a, to do it, but like you're- Like a dress store. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Great example. I, I, I was many. I was witnessing in a dress store once. Were you? Oh yeah. Tell, tell, do tell, tell this it. story. I'm all ears. I hope she listens. No. Yeah. I, I, actually, I think her name was Amy. Bless uh, her. I pray for you, Amy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. She um, happened to notice my ring. Like yeah. we were t- talking because you know women talk when they're like shopping. your wedding ring. No, I have this other ring. It's a large ring on the other hand. And it's about the size of the finger, right? So from your knuckle to your next knuckle. It's like a chain. And it's like, it's beautiful. I I mean, I love it. Yeah. But this is, so she said, oh, I love that ring. And I was like, oh, thank you. I said, it has very deep meaning for me. I I love it a lot. She's like, oh, well, what? I said, well, kind of religious, you know, and she's like, oh, well, what? Well, she kept, because, you know, I'm not going to dump everything because this is like, this is my Marian consecration ring. This is my <laughs> chain to Mary. This makes this me a not, slave of Mary. You're not going to drop that this on This is not a, like 101. This right. is like advanced course. That is not like discussion at White House Black Market. I'm sorry. Right. Right? So um, I was trying to be light and meet her where she's at or whatever, mm-hmm. but yeah. she happened to be a Catholic and I started to tell her about it, but then we sort of got sidetracked because she was like, oh, you're Catholic? And I said, yeah. And I, you know, like I love Jesus and I... And, you know, she was shocked, like, to hear me talk, yeah. mm-hmm. like, in that way yeah. as a Catholic. And I love those moments because I, I love letting people know, yeah, you know, we we love all that, too, you know. And right. maybe you didn't grow up with it, but it's bad. Like, it's bad, baby. Like, and I don't it's know. available to you, yeah. right? Like, right. Christ is dying to share himself yeah. with you. Yeah. And I also, it's something that I notice sometimes is I think... And I think John Paul II talks about this in the new evangelization is people might have had an experience of Christianity, but somehow it's not total. Like they haven't heard really, you know, like there's a God, he loves you right. and he wants you, you know, and, and sometimes people are like, wait, what? It's not just about these rules. Yeah. Or, or they hear that and they think that that's just kind of like, they can think a couple of things. That's just pious kind of pap right. just thrown out there. Or they can think like, yeah, that may be true, but. If God knew what I did right. or my right. life or what a mess up I am, then he wouldn't love me. And I think that truth of the gospel needs to be spoken into that place of people's lives. Well, and I think an entire generation of Catholics, I mean, I don't know. I'm totally in it. I don't know where it starts and stops. But, you know, we were kind of poorly catechized. I mean, no offense sure. to my – they, tr- they probably tried, <laughs> but right, I wasn't sure. listening. Um, we were sacramentalized, but we were not evangelized. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we, we missed out on really, like, if that's a three-legged tripod, it's fallen over because we don't have the third leg. And so I, <laughs> It's trying to, like, balance on one of the legs, oh, right? And, yeah. it's, and it's not going to do it. It's not doing it. Like, so I was telling her this, and, you know, because I wanted her to know, you know, you can find everything you're finding at this Protestant church in a community of people who believe and... And like the Eucharist, yeah, yeah, like Jesus Himself, like body, blood, soul, divinity. Okay, I didn't go there in White House Black Market, but right, but, um, is that a store? White yeah, House Black it Market is. It's in okay. Somerset. Okay. That's good to know. <laughs> Let me make a note. Maybe that woman, Amy, needs a follow up. 
You never know, like, who you are, too, in, like, oh. someone's experience. Someone's whole I'm, journey. I'm a little right. drop of water. I'm a seed. I'm a, well, who knows right. what you I am. You just showed up and yeah. said the right thing I, or prayed for the person. And, and that day, that was important. You know, I have a... Um, you know, speaking of like going through your day or whatever, meeting people, who you are to whoever. Yeah. Um, St. Therese in A Story of a Soul had this thing. She talks about draw me. It was mm. some uh, quote from a, a, a Song of Solomon, one of the verses in there. Okay. But she talks about how, um, you know, Jesus draw me, but not just me, all the ones you've given me. Thanks be to God. Right. Like I, I can't pray for them all by name. I'll forget them. But yeah. you know who you've given me. You know who you've given me today, just for today, yeah. or for my whole life, or whatever. And so I'm constantly praying for all the ones he's given me, because I, you know, and whatever I need to do for them today. Yeah, and, you know, the faithful witness of your life, just being a faithful layperson, um, is going to touch people's lives by your witness, by your example. They're going to see that, right? And, and that's going to so. cause... Like for some people, it'll create the opportunity, like you talk about with your ring, it'll create the opportunity for you to speak a word into their lives. Right. What do you think are the biggest barriers for lay people to encounter a deeper relationship or to? Busyness, number Hmm. one, like especially, you know, if you have a family, lots of kids or just a kid really can, you know, you can overcommit and but if you know both parents are working it's just it's a uh you know it's a rat race and we don't need to keep up with the joneses we don't need to stay in the rat race um but we do have to make money <laughs> to right. live yeah and um and, and you know like i love my job i mean i've um been completely blessed with this work with people i love amazing amazing people that i work with they're my small group like they yeah you know, working in ministry or, you know, working at the parish, actually, it's really hard. And maybe everybody deals with this, but it's hard not to get hooked by like fool's gold, you know, like, yeah. oh, there's this ministry I'm on fire for. And I need yeah, but I have a family and I have kids who need me, a husband who needs me, and they are my ministry. That's where you're going to become holy, right? right? Mm-hmm. Denying the self. So I have spent, you know, a good four years learning how to do that. Like, to say, yeah, I want to be at Mass every day, but 7 p.m. Mass on a Tuesday doesn't work for my family. Mm-hmm. So I need to not go that day, or I need to not yeah. go to every talk or conference or concert or whatever, because I'm here to serve my family first. And my kids are at an age where they really still need me. I mean, they're older. Uh, you got one in high school and one out of high school, right? Nope. One in co- oh. <laughs> Okay. Well, one. <laughs> you know me so well. <laughs> No, actually, I have one entering high school. So, oh yeah, so he's close. not graduated yet, though. So, like, you know, all right, one, entering, one on the cusp of high right. school, right? And then one um, in college. Yeah. So, but it's it's intense right now. It's it is a it's a war out there, man, and it's so hard. <laughs> it's yeah, so hard to keep your kids close to Jesus, especially when they're growing older like that. I I think one of the great graces of the past century has just been the growth of lay saints. Yeah. That have been canonized yeah. or beatified. He talked about St. Therese, her parents, uh, all sorts of other people, like Pier Giorgio Frassati, all these lay people who are like, no, you can be a saint right. without being a priest, without being a nun or a sister. Like God calls people to be holy in every walk of life. True. Well, we're all called to be saints, right? Yeah. Like, you know, my 
I don't know. I think it's just hard, period. But but yeah, I totally, I have these, you know, I'm very much a word person. So I have these quotes all over my computer at work that encourage me in that, like, so that I don't get tired, you know, and drag the cross. I don't want to drag the cross, you know, I want to hug it. Yeah. <laughs> Embrace it. Yeah. You know, what is like one of your, like, as we're, as we're kind of wrapping up, like, what would be like one of your hot tips for a lay person who's just really trying to embrace discipleship. You're like, this is the thing. This is your game changer for the next year. You know, I've really been sort of focused on trying to do the will of God in everything. And so it's not always pleasant. You know, it's often not, you know, but I think what is the will of God in this, you know? um, And when we really ask ourselves that, you know, and also praying that, you know, the Lord will give me eyes to see my shortcomings, where mm-hmm. where I need to shore it up, where I need to, you know, um, heal or repent or whatever. Making that intentional prayer every day and then looking for the ways uh, God is placing his will in front of you, you know, not running from the cross, but really, uh, in you know, in the hardest times and the best of times, just like really seeking his will. Um, but I, but it does take, you know, intention. You can't, I don't think you can know his will for you if you're not with him every day and knowing him and walking with him. So that intentional discipleship, you know, that, that, um, yeah, it takes making Jesus a priority in our lives and that doesn't just accidentally happen. Right. It doesn't accidentally happen even for a priest and even more so I think for lay people where you're vocation as family or to uh, to be kind of in the world, uh, neighborhoods, workplaces, right. all those things. So so it takes a, an intention of saying, I am really going to make an effort, make the commitment and and uh, pick myself up when I fall, go to Jesus, receive his His grace and, and go at it again. You know, at the very least, he's given us the command to go to mass every week. So like, well, you just start there, you know, yeah. get your family to mass, go to mass every week. Um, but, you know, there are so many resources out there now of, you know, I am super busy, but every single day I get uh, like two or three emails, really important emails in my inbox that help me like put my mind on Christ. Um, and there, it's just, it's a very simple way. It's a quick way to enter in with him, like first thing in the morning. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, but it helps me, okay, at least I did something today. You know, right. like I don't have an hour to give in the adoration chapel today, but but I'm, I'm going to give you this 15 minutes in the morning and, and uh, five minutes sometimes. So um, I, I think it's, you know, the busy excuse can be, um, it can be overcome. Let me just say that. Amen. Susie was a great guest to have in the Open Door Policy Studio to hear about how she is living out Unleash the Gospel as a member of the laity. And once again, before we say goodbye, if you liked this episode, please share it with your friends, your neighbors, your relatives, your Trader Joe cashier. You can also leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is at Open Door Detroit. Help us unleash the gospel. Open Door Policy was produced by Ron Pangborn and the creative team of the Archdiocese of Detroit. Some people use the term the work. Only you, Father Steve. <laughs> I'm Father Steve Polis with Danielle Center. And this has been another episode of Open Door Policy. 